Welcome everybody back to another episode of Riding Raw. I am here tonight in my home. I have my lab sleeping on the floor silently and finally. And I'm also here tonight with Dr. J. Hey, hey. We started a conversation earlier tonight while choking down some cigars. Um, the conversation of king and queen. And of course, the conversation just went crazy, went haywire, which was awesome. And it was beautiful and it was very insightful. Um, a lot of times in my captions, I refer to the relationship that I'm looking for as a king and queen uh, entity. Now, if you were to think about king and queen, you think about them in the chambers. This is a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you think about them in the chambers and all of the local town folk and all the people, they come out there to see them and to bring their local problems to them. The king and queen, they're sitting in chairs, right? Yep. All right. Now tell me the symbolism with those chairs. What do you see from from the female perspective? What do you see? So you see the king usually on the left and the woman on the right, separate chairs. And I was thinking it's almost like the separate chairs maintain their independence. That is a very interesting point. I didn't even think about that, like the independent side of things. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's you. You think of the king, obviously, as the higher power, and the queen, the right on the right hand of the man, right, like his right hand. Mm. And so there's the power dynamic, but there is that independence of king and queen as well. Yeah, I I think for me, I see the uh, typically, and I don't know, we we see things in a different way because our eyeballs. I've got boy eyeballs inside of a boy head. I'm gonna scratch that real quick. We've got man eyeballs inside of a man head, inside of a man body, because I worked for it. But in the grand scheme of things, from the, the masculine perspective, the king typically in these movies or these pictures, these videos are portrayed like, my chair is bigger. Mm-hmm. That means that I'm bigger. Yeah. All right. And something that, for me, from my perspective and everything that I've learned, uh, the things that I've, I've went through, and I mean, you're sitting next to a stack of books right now. Uh the male, I think the male should lead more, but ultimately the male leads more because he is driven by what he's trying to accomplish for the queen, for the woman. The male, if he is bigger, mm-hmm. it's only because she's driving him to be bigger. How about that? I get that. I don't think that's portrayed in the movies or the media. Correct. It's like usually around protecting the kingdom as a whole leading the army but he is leading the kingdom but how about this he's leading the kingdom for what i think that's what's missed it is he's leading the kingdom for his queen that's bottom line that's what it is his legacy his legacy and how do you leave your legacy through something as a man how do i leave my legacy through anything children through children and how do i spawn children you have a wife, queen. Boom. End mm-hmm. of discussion right yeah. there. The set of hips, right? This woman, this this goddess, this this source of energy, the only portal of life. I mean, that's it, mm-hmm. right? And he does these things. So it's portrayed. So you can see it like through a video screen. His chair is bigger than hers. Do you think men think that in general? Like they know that as opposed to a woman when she's watching that doesn't it doesn't register? Or I think he sees it as a sense of power. He may not know what that power is. 
or he may. Mm-hmm. I think as we get older, I know as I got older, I started, and especially like through this process that I've gone through, I've noticed, I've learned, I've understood. And it's like you finally come back to your roots, like respecting your mother type of thing, like the most beautiful being. Um, this woman brought life into this world. Mm-hmm. She brought life. It's it's like, it's magic. At what point do you realize that? I realized that for myself when I had a kid. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized it. And I think there's a lot of people out there like, my kids don't respect me, these types of things. Once those, once your kids, they have their own kids, you know, like you become a grandparent, that's a very special thing because I think that's when the your child like looks back at you and like, thank you. Because you never knew how hard it was, what mm-hmm. they were going through, what life was throwing at them. We've all got our traumas that we're going through for sure. But once you have your own kids, you can look back like, man, even though what you were going through, like, and it's my perspective because I've, I've operated a lot and I've, I've learned a lot of forgiveness. Um, I'll, I don't know. It's, 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 it's rough because for, for the longest time I've pointed my fingers at my parents for the longest time. So I was like, you're the reason that I'm here right now. And I learned about like inner child trauma, which was huge for me, huge. But when I had my kid and it's like, I'm trying the best that I can and I'm just operating, you know, a single parent household and I see this kid, it's like, I'm trying the best that I can. I could look back at my mom who had three jobs, raising two boys by herself. And then eventually uh, my dad, who I now claim is my dad, he came in at the age of nine and he, he adopted me. Mm-hmm. But for the longest time, when I tried to, you know, when I looked at myself like I was failing as a father, I would point my finger at him, right? Yeah. I would point my finger at this this great man who, like, came in and he picked up two boys. And it was it was huge for me to, to grant that forgiveness. All of us, for the most part in in the world, we're doing the best we can with what we have, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have a different perspective because I don't have kids. And so I I don't I obviously have a respect for a woman knowing life that she can bring in and knowing parents had their own struggles. I think as you get older you realize that as you're not a perfect person and you get into your own None of us will ever be flaws perfect. and you learn. No. <laughs> for sure. And so you're able to see things more from their perspective or understand what they were going through. Um and that as generations come, the whole, I think, point is to evolve at some point. Yes. And, yeah. Well, for me, for the, from the male perspective, it was, we, it's not just evolve. And I think your tattoo says, it, you know, evolving. Rise and evolve. Rise and evolve. But we continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. We continue and we're always evolving. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. Nobody's ever going to like hit that. Nobody's ever going to be 100%. And it's when we accept that and you wrap your fingers into it. It's not you're trying to like get to this plateau and it's like you finally hit this. You're, you can always grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you could always be curious. There's mysteries out there. Be mysterious about yourself. Be mysterious about your partner, your kids, the plants that are growing, all of it. There's life happening all around you at all times and you continue to grow and you're always evolving. Always. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what led to the thought that I had. Um, and as we were talking out there tonight, I was uh, slobbing down on that, you know, 
Cohiba. Mm-hmm. You had the Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. And you asked me from a previous conversation that we had with one of our friends, Cam, who I reached out to tonight because I couldn't figure out this computer and these microphones because I suck at technology. Let's just call it for what it is. Cam, I love it that you're busy right now. Brother, I miss you when it comes to times like this because all these buttons on this computer I can't figure out. But as we were referring back to our conversation, um, we, we started talking about king and queen energy. And it's like in that situation, in that dome, that castle behind those walls, the woman sits in her chair, the man sits in his chair, in his chair. Like my takeaway is, this is my perspective when it comes to relationships. I don't sit in my chair alone and you don't sit in your chair alone. Uh, the king and queen, they're in a love seat. It's one big sofa, mm-hmm. right? I think it's where they came up with love seat. Yeah. Right? And in that love seat, you've got a king and queen just lounging together, just laid up in each other, limbs entangled, you know, that type of vibe. And together, when somebody comes before the crown and they have their, one of their town problems, you know, the queen can stand up and she could say like, why are you bringing this peddly bullshit in front of us? Mm-hmm. Like, get out. Of, like, go figure this stuff out yourself. And there are going to be times when the king has to get up and he has to, like, stomp his foot. And the queen's going to get up and she's going to stomp her foot. But I think one of the biggest things that gets missed is there's going to be two townsmen who stand up and they're going to bicker with each other and they're going to start throwing fists. And the king's going to have to stand up and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to have to walk out into the crowd and take these two idiots and bash their skulls together. But while I do that, the queen, she's going to curl up in my space to make sure my spot is still warm. How about that? Yeah, I feel like that's a resonates more with being merged in one, right? Like the whole point of marriage even and co-ruling together as opposed to these separate chairs. And... The separate chairs to me clearly, clearly identifies gender roles. Mm. Yeah. Queen, you know your space. King, you know your space. Mm -hmm. I come from a belief that there should be a shared space, like a Mm -hmm. co-mingling. And I can get really raunchy with this. (laughs) Do it. Well, I mean, there's going to... Okay. There's going to be times as the king when I have to step out of that love seat and I have to go separate these two idiots and I'm going to expend 10,000 calories doing it. I'm going to put them both back in their places and I'm going to be hungry when I come back. So when I come back to my throne, I want my woman like to understand that I'm going to spread it apart and I have to feed my soul. Mm-hmm. Like open those hips and let me feed from that honey. Mm-hmm. And just because you just like protected her and potentially right the whole kingdom correct i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna eat from my couch yeah and after i'm done eating there's gonna be stuff wrapped all around my mouth but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because that's what that's what feels because ultimately what fuels the king what fuels the man is the woman in the first place right because of her because like of her. what you're saying yeah um it's something that we had a conversation about a while back there can be like there can be a flea a free roaming river right next to the castle and it's got beautiful water but she can say like on top of that mountain tonight I want some water from on top of that mountain 
I'm going to trek that damn mountain. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm built to do. What does she want? And I, I, essentially when it comes down to it, it's like, what does she want? The queen. Now, I think in a lot of times, like in today's society, a lot of girls think that they are those queens mm -hmm. and they can demand that from us when they haven't earned it. Yeah. And for the guys who think that, you know, also that they're the kings who can climb that, you can't climb that damn mountain. Let's just call it for what it is. But for those guys that have done the work, and I've got brothers out there, man. I've got great guys, great men, great dads, great people, like really, really great dudes um, that, that would climb a mountain for a woman. They've done the work. They've got the legs for it. They've got the backs for it. And they've got the hearts for it. You know, they, they would climb that mountain. They would kill themselves climbing that mountain for that woman. Mm -hmm. And when she said, or she says, I need you to go up there tonight. Like, this is what I really want. I'll do that for what you want. You don't need it, but I'll do it for what you want. Yeah. Like, I'll feed you that mountain water woman. I will do that for you. And this is the type of like theorem that I'm talking from. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balance of earning and then being respected for what you just earned and a mutual like appreciation and reverence for the roles that you both are playing Correct. and i think if the woman knew more that the man is always doing things for the woman the king is always protecting the kingdom for the woman we might see it differently i just feel like it's such a missed point that we don't really understand it's like because it feels like oh you're doing this for the kingdom. Oh, you're doing this for status. You're doing this, you know, for X, Y, Z. And so I don't know if it's like a lack of communication sometimes from the man or just a lack of understanding in general on both. Well, so when we put it in this metaphor sense, we're talking about king and queen. They're overruling an entire castle, an entire valley, mm -hmm. right? All right, so we're, we're really going to spice this up right now. Okay. Because it's something we haven't talked about. When the king goes out and he does these things for other people, he can be seen as the hero. Mm -hmm. That's what we've been built to be for a long time. Yeah. And like people praise the king. Like when Correct. the triumph happens, it's like the king gets the credit. So somewhere along the lines, and I've been called this myself, you're always trying to be the hero. You're trying to be the hero for everybody else. At what point is it with the, with the woman, the queen, the wife, does she believe that he's just trying to play hero for everybody else except for her? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I think, I think it's. Do you think in any way that the, the woman, the wife, the queen, when she feels like he isn't paying enough attention to her, it's like, you're doing these things for everybody else. And I can see these great things that you're doing, if you will. Why aren't mm -hmm. you doing those for me? Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's like the time, right? You just spent a whole day away. Um, and I get, what, 30 minutes? Um, hmm. But in, in the essence of things, like as the king, I'm trying to protect this thing that I believe in, my values. I'm trying to do these things to create a better world. That's what my kingdom is for. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, I think for the male, it's to, it's not necessarily mm -hmm. to dominate as much as possible. Yeah. But it's to spread your values. Then maybe it's, you know, 
the lack of the vision, the shared vision with the queen. And so if a queen understands like, hey, this is for something bigger. So she bigger. understands the values, yeah. And the values. Yep. Shared values. Yes. Shared values. Okay. That's big. If you're both on the same page with sharing a vision and you understand, you know, the the roles that you each play, and not to say they're gender specific, but each, you know, masculine and feminine feminine does have their own powers. Um but if you both understood that and we're working towards something together. And I think that's something that's missing today. If you look at today's uh, king and queen, your house, whatever, whatever, whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. If she feels like she's missing out on what those values are, the shared mission, um, that she would communicate it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, a lot of things that I read in poetry on Instagram is you can't read my mind mm-hmm. or like, well, that's something that's coming from the from the male perspective. She expects me to read her mind. Mm-hmm. Which women do sometimes, actually. Yeah. But it's because they haven't even read their own mind. <laughs> they haven't unlocked their own mind. I know that was true for me in a lot of ways. Like, wanting someone to really understand me and really... See me. See me. And it was like, wait, have I even done that for myself? No. Correct. <laughs> And for the longest time, like guys would say to me, um, like she expects me to read her mind and I can't read her mind. But when, when I have like these other guys around me, we're able to read each other's minds actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. We read nonverbals, not necessarily mm-hmm. we read minds, but your nonverbals are indicative to what's going on inside of your head. Mm-hmm. So I can tell if Cobra, you know, Cobra's in the mood for Burger King today yeah, or, you know, schwa is in the mood for he wants peruvian chicken or you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. he's looking for spicy sauce instead of just the mild sauce it tells me a lot about this person so i can kind of read their mind through these things if i was to apply the same motive to somebody who doesn't trust and i think that's what a lot of this comes down to is trust mm-hmm. if i was to say to schwa like hey man you're really hitting the spicy sauce you're feeling like a little wild side to you and it's just a conversation I'm not looking for anything. Obviously, I don't want to get inside of his skirt. <laughs> but I do think that like our significant others, if if I was to say that to an old partner, if you will, um, I could see that you're eating the spicy sauce. She would take it as, you know, oh, you think I want to get wild with you. It's no, I'm not trying to say, I'm not saying that I'm trying to get wild with you. I'm just trying to understand you. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. And I think it's one of the things is, in a, in a lot of people's past, they've been dealt with with other individuals who have tried to fix them instead of just trying to understand them. And that old trauma gets played onto the next person, if you will, because they haven't processed that stuff. Yeah. I do firmly, firmly believe in that. A lot of people carry around trauma from last relationships and you're, you're hearing this from me right now and I'm calling people out because I did the same thing. That's why I had to stop and I had to like sit inside this house that we're talking from right now, hit the pause button and understand things in my own life. I was portraying i was uh what they call it deflection Mm -hmm. that's one of like instagram terms right deflection Mm -hmm. i was deflecting things that other people did to me i knew people that came into my life and it isn't fair to them it isn't fair so what i had to do is do a stop pause and why am i deflecting this crap onto other people who didn't earn that crap i mean ultimately and i mean i'm sitting right here saying this is I, i i'm ashamed of who I was throwing that negative energy on other people and not processing my own shit. That's who I am. 
I'm ashamed of that guy. But that's also why I did the work. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm having the conversation. Yeah, it's huge. Most people won't take that time to go internal and figure out what was your role. What was your role in that? Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, Self-accountability. Responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think is our responsibility. But of course, you know, definitions, they play s several different ways from Sunday. But I mean, what's your responsibility in life? Mm -hmm. To yourself, to your kids, to yeah. your family, to the loved ones around you. Um, king and queen, your kingdom. Yeah. Hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Even when like something doesn't go your way. So let's say you, this might sound crazy, but let's, someone who's abused, right? It's not their fault that they got abused. But there is a responsibility like of looking inward of what led me to this situation. It's not my fault that, you know, someone did something to me. Um, and I'm talking specifically, like, let's say it's a, a boyfriend, girlfriend situation or a marital situation and there's domestic violence. What beliefs or belief or beliefs do you have that kept you in a low self-worth that attracted somebody like that? And until you can take responsibility for that part of it and lo really look inside yourself and um, understand that you can't, I think, ever move past that or you'll track the same thing yes i agree with you and at what point do you finally start instead of like pointing the fingers outwards this person yeah. did this to me and do the work to like how did i get here <laughs> so how do you get here that's that's the first step right and yeah. then from there it's like how do i get out of here yeah and i think that's one of the things that's very lacking in this world mm -hmm. is how do i get out of here because mm -hmm. i know like through you, um, you were on your journey mm -hmm. and you self-discovered your journey. You're a very strong woman and you are. You found a way and you clawed your way out of it. There's a lot of people who weren't given or weren't built with those tools to get yourself out of that space. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that's very lacking in the world. Yeah. Um, to not get out of that space I, like I need help and the I need help side like I was very blessed because I've got a lot of guys around me I mean a plethora of like good men you've met a lot of these guys mm -hmm. these are good dudes man these are these are brothers these are guys that you when I say go to war it's further than going to war you go to hell with these dudes and I was so blessed that I could hit any one of them up at any time and sometimes somebody's busy so I can hit up the next guy and they would answer their phone and we talk through it and it happens both ways. And there's things that I'm learning from these guys that have been through this stuff and that are still going through the stuff and I'll still reach out to you and they'll teach me something. And mm -hmm. it's your openness to like, I think it's something, uh, Cobra and I, uh, the cam and I that we're building in our plan right now to, uh, to help people. It's letting go. It's letting go and allowing for anything else to help you because, what I have learned, and it's something that's different from a lot of other like male uh, speakers, because that's that's what I'm drawn to, are like male speakers. And I've learned a lot from the feminine, like so much. A lot of this healing that I've done has been through the feminine. I had to, you know, I've got X and Y chromosomes inside my body. I've accepted both chromosomes. I deep dove into the feminine side of myself, and that's what allowed me to like just collapse and cry and like stand back up. And the masculine side, that's what's been happening in the last 
I would say couple of months for me standing back up into my masculine, like just freaking fucking havoc on everything around me. But I reached into my feminine and I found so much out about myself. Mm-hmm. And then now accepting the masculine and. Whew. Yeah. And I think that's a missed point is people don't understand that we both have masculine and feminine energies in us. And so you say I'm strong, but that's, I think, a lot of my masculine side that comes out and is like, I have to take care of this and figure this out. You know, I think that's a part of what the feminine can leverage from the masculine is, you know, taking that power back of I can get out of this. I can figure this out. I can choose different and and live different. So like when you say I'm strong, it's like, oh, yeah, that was an unhealthy masculine thing, right? Of like having all this protection and always having to do everything. Uh, Whereas the feminine is more, I can be vulnerable and open, but there's times, you know, even though I want to be more feminine in my more feminine space, I have to step into that masculine power to take action and power back. Well, I think there are times going back to the king and queen perspective side of things that the the feminine does step into that masculine role to challenge. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times when the queen steps in and says, you need to do more. And and I think a lot of guys, and I know I did in uh, the last relationships, the marriage where I said like, what else do you want from me? And I finally, and a lot of the questions. So along my healing journey, a lot of these things that I've done is, I've tried to understand, like I wrote down those questions that I was asking myself or that was asked of me Mm -hmm. because there's power behind him. Even those people that destroyed my heart, destroyed my bank account, all this type of crap that doesn't matter. They had legitimate questions that were being asked of me that I wasn't able to truly answer. And now that I'm sitting in the space when somebody said like, I need this, I need that, I need this. And I said, what else do you want from me? Now I'm I'm answering my own questions, you know. Mm-hmm. What else do you want from me? Everything. That person wants everything. And ultimately, that partner deserves everything. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. There's no secrets. There's no, none of that shit. Everything. Mm-hmm. Because you're in union. And I mean, that's the, that's the power of the type of uh, shared love seat, king and queen relationship that I'm talking about. Exactly. Everything. All of it. Uh, Gottman can talk about five love languages, all of them. I want all the love languages. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, I want the love languages they haven't even discovered yet. The type of love languages they only talk about in Atlantis that are inscribed on walls we haven't discovered yet. All mm-hmm. that shit. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. And you've earned it. And the goal is, for me, on this journey that I'm learning is you keep working it's like, well, at some point you get tired. And you do, do get tired. And you take those naps. And you, when you wake up from the nap, you lay that thing down, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get back up and you keep working for it. You never like, it's so beautiful to be uncomfortable. I, I never understood uh, how people, people talk about like, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. Like hunger and thirst, you've got no idea the depth of your hunger and your thirst. You have no idea until you've been flattened out and there's nothing left. 
and then you keep going. Mm-hmm. Like we have no idea how far and how deep we can go. It's true. But I do think, and this is where I'm going to start to transition to this, all right? I do think that there are limitations to an extent that have driven us in our earlier days. You think of like Disney movies. Mm-hmm. How or what we're looking for. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Disney movies growing up, did you ever watch them? All the time. All the time, right? <laughs> I watch them sometimes with my kid. Um, a lot of Disney movies, if you look at like the Little Mermaid, Frozen, right? I've seen mm-hmm. Frozen a couple times. But I know like the little girls in my little dude's class, they watch for, and they're like the song, they know it in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to me about what your perspective is on your perspective on king and queen the theorem if you will from what is portrayed to us from uh what we see in the movies disney movies yeah well i think king and queen is never really portrayed it's a lot of prince and princess i think like i don't know little mermaid right there's the dad he's the king and there's not there's like ursula see the sea witch (laughs) um but there's not actually a lot of portrayal of king and queen it's like these prince and princesses coming so together two young people growing together yeah all right and they're yeah they're young they're learning they're exploring they're magical right they have these ideals of love and these possibilities and there's magic and you just watch it as a kid and you're like yes i want that you know it's like I think in a way it's kind of how it should be. And especially if you come from a broken home, like I came from a single, single uh, mom home and you see how the love gets distorted or broken. And then you're watching these movies and you're like, that's possible. The fairy tales. Yeah. And it's like, so you start building up this, this vision, this thing that's possible for you, but it's not like, with the king and queen, you don't understand that dynamic of it when you're a kid watching the movies. It's all about, you know, being the prince and princess. So what I've seen through through the Disney movies, um, let's take Frozen, for example. The prince, mm-hmm. the princess. Okay, we'll, we'll start with the princess. The princess is going through something and it's something she has to overcome emotionally, those types of things, right? Um. And she does overcome it. The prince or the soon-to-be prince. That's eventually what happens, right? Mm-hmm. The soon-to-be prince, he emotionally overcomes something as well. Uh, and or he's the hero a lot of times. He's trying to save correct. her. He's trying to save. He's trying to save her. Uh, he's trying to save her values. Mm-hmm. What she stands for. He's trying to save her. And when when the prince does like go to save that female... It's all-encompassing of her. Anything that she believes in, like, uh, woman, girl, I'm in love with you. I'll do what you know, whatever it takes for you. I'll, I'll protect all these things of you. So he's trying to save every facet of her. But he has to go through something internally sometimes, what I've seen through the movies as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets lost. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. The male, a lot of times, when he has to go through these things, he has to do it on his own. Mm-hmm. 
So he's trying to like he's trying to save the princess through something for something she believes in, and the only thing he believes in essentially is for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that gets portrayed enough. No, it doesn't. Why is it not portrayed or understood? Well, it may not. So for the female, so right there, what I said was everything the guy just did, that male, he just did everything for her. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything. He did it for her. And is that obvious to you as a male or even a boy, if you watching the Disney movies, no, do you it, understand that? It, it, I understand it now. Okay. After like I'm seeing these movies, like, holy shit, mm. you know. So all these little girls are watching these movies, like this guy should just be the prince charming to come and do these things. And there's going to be something that he may have to overcome in order to do this for me. This fight he has to fight. Mm-hmm. But do you understand that fight? Does she under? Does that little girl understand that fight? No. And for the guy, like, does he understand, especially at that age? And I mean, I've been at that age. Does he understand what he's fighting for? He's just doing it for this girl. Like, he's just infatuated. Mm-hmm. I'm infatuated with this thing. Yeah. I'll tear this world to pieces for this girl. Yeah. And it's it's that need, like, for external love still. I think that's... Well, the external love for the... So, in that sense right there... That external love for that girl, that's coming from something inside. That's his mission. Mm-hmm. So it is internal as well. Mm-hmm. She is his mission. Mm. So it's not necessarily like he can have self-love for himself. Like myself right now. I can just live here by myself and I'm completely happy. But if there's something that I like, there's something that bites my eye, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to tear this world to pieces for it. I'll build a whole wall for you. I'll do all these mm-hmm. things for you. It's just, so it's it's not necessarily like external. Right. It's my mission. Mm. So it is internal now. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's intrinsic. Mm. So I think uh, what you were just referring to a second, like you're saying, do you need to do these things for your own, like your own outside love? No, it's, that's my mission. So it's internal. Yeah. I think like with me, right, there was this like external thing of like, oh, someone else can save me because of this fairy tale prince princess the prince saves the princess and so there's never i think i haven't seen a lot of newer disney movies i've seen frozen once and i think they've gotten better with having more intrinsic value and doing things for yourself or like a sister or something um but you kind of understand as a little girl like oh yeah the prince saves you you don't learn how to quote unquote save yourself before the prince saves Mm -hmm. you no i agree with that so it's so for my takeaway and based on the conversations that i've had with i've had conversations with other females about it it's the world is always setting the female up that no matter what you'll always be saved You'll be saved by that prince, that prince charming. You'll be saved by laws. You'll be saved by that bystander. You'll be saved by these other things. But in those Disney, like the Disney movies like Frozen, you know, man, I forget the guy's name. Ah. (laughs) The kid will crush me for this. But he had to look inside of himself as well. Mm. So he had to go through his own fight and struggle. And who was there to save him? There was nobody. He had to do the work himself. There's, there is no, and I think that's the uh, the disconnect. I do believe between um, the world right now. Whereas, and essentially, I mean, it is true. I do believe 
that the female has a lot more things around them that can help you get through that situation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whereas the male, they don't. Yeah. They have to fight through these things themselves. Mm-hmm. We have to fight through it and just, we have to find our own solutions. There's nobody out there to help us. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right. Yeah. I think essentially uh, in the world, the world is a very bad place. The world is a very gruesome place. Like uh, the girls in those movies, it's not necessarily like a turmoil that was happening within them. They just had something they believed in and the world was oppressing them. And I think that the male is there to try to help them to fight that oppression. And that oppression could be a physical side. It could be emotional or mental, but essentially the male is there to provide security for you for all those pillars. Mm -hmm. the physical side like my shoulders could be wider to carry that that bigger blade if you will the bigger shovel to to build a bigger home i can be there my arms are big enough to hold you so you can like just cry in my arms when you need to when you need to sleep when you truly need to sleep that's Mm -hmm. what i'm here for and i'm going to give that to you because intrinsically i'm built for it. that's what you deserve and that's I, I do think that's like, you need the security. All right, so here's like the highlight of the whole, this whole podcast, if you will. I hold you so you feel secure enough so you can dream, mm-hmm. right? You feel safe enough to frolic in the field so you can stare at the stars and you can come up with like these grand th- thoughts. Mm-hmm. I want to watch you be beautiful. That's it. Mm-hmm. I want to watch you be beautiful. I want to watch you dance under the moon. I want you to do these things. And I want to provide the security for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Allow me to do that. Yeah. I understand that now. I think in the past, it's like that's what you hope for. And if you're not in a space of coming to a relationship whole and you get disappointed, it's like you... you got to fight for your own. You got to fight for your own. Take on the masculine and feminine Take on roles. both. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, you know, it's like, oh, this is real life. Like you grow up and it's like, this is the reality of it. But it was because you didn't come into that hole. And I think when you do both come into a relationship whole, that dynamic, that beautiful dynamic can happen. That like fairy tale, what they're trying to convey without talking about how the work was done to get there and maybe again it's being done more and more now in movies um i think that's a a huge misunderstanding well i i think a lot of the movies and a lot of the movement right now um we're gonna wasn't planning on this but i mean we can dive into it like be strong as an individual Mm -hmm. and there is some like there's some there's some clout to that be strong as an individual be strong into the point where you figure your own shit out. I'd like to say powerful. Okay. Be powerful. Yeah. Whatever you like a lot of, uh, a lot of people, they get distracted by like definitions. Mm-hmm. So it's something I like to explore. You know, when you, when you say like be powerful and some guys or other, uh, other females, they may take like powerful, like, Oh, powerful, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I know your perspective on powerful, like self empowering. And I know for yourself, it's, be powerful to like to understand yourself. Yeah. Like strong sometimes for me implies like keeping your emotional guard up and not claim like claiming taking responsibility for however your life has turned out. And so when you claim your power, that's a different way of being strong in, in, from your heart. 
understanding yourself. Yeah. That's, and I think that's the biggest thing for like, for all of us. I know for me, understanding yourself, that's power because mm-hmm. once you understand yourself, yep. if you can control yourself mm-hmm. and like, we're all built for like that relationship sense. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we're built to breed. That's what I think. Honestly, yeah. we're built to breed. Um, once you understand yourself in that, that powerful sense, then you can understand that person that you're laying with to a much more degree. It's, you can understand yourself when you're walking down the street from the male. Um, no skirt will just any random skirt. It doesn't shake me anymore for the longest time. It did shake me. That's just being just real and raw about it. Any, like I can smell something and that primal animal would come out. But now that everything's under control, it's, it's a whole other animal. Yeah. It's where the king and queen really thrive. It is because <laughs> as the king, doesn't matter if the queen's concubines are walking around completely nude or whatever it is they have going on. Like I don't, I don't give two, I don't give two shits about it. Mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, I need that energy. Mm-hmm. I need that energy. All right. Speaking of energy, you talk about king and queen. Marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's hit on marriage. Okay. Rings. What is what do rings mean to you? Like. The symbolic metal things around your fingers. What does that? What does that mean to you? Now, like present day. Yeah, let's do present day, and then you can reflect back to uh, to the past. <laughs> um, I think they're symbolic of a commitment that you're making to somebody. It, like that's kind of just a really lame, broad definition. Um, to me, they don't hold much significance other than to like, like show that someone else, you're someone else's. Yeah. You're someone else's. All right. So rings to me don't mean shit, right? Mm -hmm. It's something, it's an object, right? It's an object that signifies, and I mean, objects are good, right? gifts those types of things but it's an object from the male perspective a ring is an object that is going to display my words for you Mm -hmm. okay um but i was built as a man and especially like now where i stand right now my word is my oath that's it but if i have to prove to you through an object Mm kind of like what are we doing here yeah but a ring, if it's something like, I need this ring through marriage and the marriage contract, and we're going to dive into that. But if you need this thing in order for me to prove, like, have I have I done myself to establish your trust? Have I earned your trust? And it's the same thing f- through marriage. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation we had last night with a friend of ours, Cam, mm-hmm. um, about... Like, are you going to get down on your knee for me? What does marriage mean to you, though? Hmm. Marriage. Oh, I've. It's funny. I haven't thought about this in a while. Um, That's fine. You haven't thought about it in a while. All right. So I'm going to take it over. <laughs> okay. To me, marriage, marriage in the states is, to me, identified as a contract before the state and the government for us to say that 
we're committed to each other. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's another way for me to prove to you that I'm committed to you. But I think when you hit like a, for me, into the next relationship, when you hit that soul connection, what does paper mean anymore? Nothing. Nothing. It, do, it doesn't mean anything. Like this, there's a connection here deeper than the books that were written by the men, especially in this country. Um, and I'm not going to go off on my conspiracy theory <laughs> rant right now. But it's a it's a piece of paper saying, you know, it, it blows my mind. And I'm going to I will say this, though. It blows my mind that at the age of 18 in the United States, you can get married in five minutes for 50 bucks in front of a, a county clerk or a notary mm. to say, like, yep, you're now in this contract. And in order to get a divorce, you have to wait six months to a year to get out of this contract. Mm hmm. I think that's the biggest thing of this. The contract. The contract. The contract. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the contract real quick. Yep. So I went through a pretty devastating divorce. I was married. uh, Went through a divorce. And I lost my ass. Which is, it is what it is, right? Money, money comes and goes. I don't care about money. I care about time. So a lot of it was, I lost a lot of my time. Talk to me about prenups. Prenups. I used to think they were horrible. Like, how could anyone put this kind of a contract together? It was basically like you're expecting it to fail. And if you really love somebody, you would never have a prenup. (laughs) Um, But we were talking earlier about how, you know, marriage is a contract. And when you breach a contract there's usually consequences. And in a marital contract, there are no consequences for a breach. And technically, that's where prenup, com- prenup comes in. It like fills in that gap of what should happen, does this not work out? And usually only prenups, I think, are in place when there's like high, high uh, worth involved, right? Like a very rich family. Or you've been through a divorce and you want to protect your assets because you have children. So you're making sure that, you know, they're going to be the beneficiaries as opposed to the ex-wife, if that ends up being the case. Um, But in our conversation, we're talking about how in business, you just have these terms, you know, they're laid out for what they are. That's what a contract is. Yeah. You know, a marriage, marriage certificate is a contract through the state. Mm hmm. And so when you think about it from a business standpoint, it's like, of course, you're going to give the incentives of if you deliver on what you're supposed to deliver versus if you breach this contract. If you walk away from the contract. Yeah, there's going to be some consequences to it. And so why wouldn't a marriage contract also just lay that all out? Correct. Man. A breach of a contract. So, and I think that's the way a lot of guys see it. Um, I'm bringing this up because a lot of the guys that that I work with, a lot of the guys, they've been divorced. Um, And a majority of them, their wife has walked away from the marriage. She walked away. And it's not necessarily she won because nobody wins. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But these guys, man, these guys that I love, and they're... 
Goodman, and they're great dads. All of them are great dads. They've all wanted to be involved in their kids' lives. A majority of them, they don't get to see their kids very often. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing that like a lot of us talk about. Dude, I only get to see my kid two weekends out of a month. You're so lucky to have 50-50. When the wives walk away, they're getting these, and it's, and I mean, I'm going to call it for what it is. It's a huge incentive. And are there, you know, why did they walk away? Is it justified? I mean, did you have the conversation to say if it's justified? Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. You talk to him about why you're walking away. That's one of my biggest things. Mm-hmm. I wish you would just have the conversation with me before you walked away. Yeah. So maybe even like, right, forget a prenup. It's just like, hey, if we get into some problems, here's an action plan. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Have you done these things? Have you done these things? And even like marriage. I went through a marriage therapist before. Mm-hmm. And she walked out two, two sessions in. like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. What I do think is a lot of the times, um, a lot of us, especially in the Western side of society, there's never been any consequences. We've never been held accountable to a lot of uh, the decisions that we've made. So you, you could just walk away from something and there's no consequences. And then at the end of it, and I mean, essentially, you get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Brad, she walked away, like walked away. And this is where I may like break the volume, so I'm going to turn it down a little bit. His wife walked away from three kids. She walked away from three kids and a home, clear, with another, like, she walked away, mm-hmm. no contact with the kids, and he had to pay out half of his retirement. It was, it's, it's absurd. He's at home with three kids right now. And he's, he's standing there like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. This, I mean, in, in he may have failed in some parameters, and I love you to death, brother, but you may have failed in some of those ways. I don't know because I wasn't there. But if she could have came to you and said, like, hey, king, you're failing at this, this, and this, and I know your work ethic, man. I Like, brother, I know you. If she would have came to you and said, I need you to do this, this, and this to keep this going, I know you would have done it, and he would have. Mm-hmm. You've met some of these guys. Yeah. And somebody like Corey, like, great work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because before meeting you guys, I didn't understand this side of the male divorce process and what you guys endure and, you know, the toll that it takes on, on you or has taken on you. And, of course, there's a whole female perspective on this that, I don't have a lot of insight on because I've never been technically divorced and um, a lot of my friends haven't been divorced. So I don't feel like I could give a real feminine perspective on this, but just knowing what you've shared and how the system is broken for the male not getting treated fairly in the court process um, for these crazy situations happening and there's no accountability for the woman um i don't know just crazy to me yeah but that's where i feel like i'm kind of weak on giving perspectives you know there's there's nothing wrong with that this is just real conversation yeah but the crazy thing about 
contracts. I was thinking about this, right? Like, why does the marriage contract even exist? And I was like thinking back and I was like, I think it was this historic, like, um, promise that you're making to another family. And it's like, you're going to provide for my daughter, right? <laughs> um, essentially back in the day. And then I looked it up and it says in a patriotic world, the bride may not have even known that the contract was guiding the exchange of goods, services, and cash holdings between two families. Indeed, the end of the marriage union was not only to ensure prospect of procreation, but also forged social, financial, and political alliances. Mm. So it was very like business driven and i think a lot of that got dropped out at some point right i don't even know what my marriage contract said mm. i just remember like vows yeah and the it was just like some weird formality of signing a freaking paper correct all right this is where i do go off on my little uh you know what? What I think. I think Disney set up this situation for you to find this pure love, this beautiful love, which is a beautiful thing. And you get married because you're in love, and you see somebody you want to procreate with. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see a guy that you know will be a good dad, essentially. Hopefully, if you're if you're a good like. You're a good woman. Mm -hmm. This is the type of guy that I want to have kids with. Mm -hmm. And you have kids with him. You get married, you have the kids with him. And you know he's going to be a good dad. And then eventually along the way, through the Disney story, you say, hey, this isn't the type of love that I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to be something more grand. And then as you grow up, you watch the rom-coms and mm -hmm. these type of movies, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, you see these movies and these things that influence you and you see social media and all these things that through the screen that creates this over portrayal of, you know, what love is. You could look at some of my poetry, mm -hmm. right? And some people would look at that and they would say like, oh, this is the dream guy. I come with all types of broken defects. There's, I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect. I'm broke and a 900 square foot house and my grass is overgrown, right? <laughs> but you read my poetry and like this guy is, He's got everything going for him, right? Hardly the case. All of us are broken. But you look at all this stuff and you say, like from, from what I think the female perspective is, you're, you're constantly out there searching for that king. You're looking for that guy, that 10, that one, probably 0.1% of society that are males. And essentially, you'll probably never find it. So you're willing to break an entire family, an entire house without talking about what you need because the guy has the hands to give you, I would think, what it is that you want if you would just communicate it to him. I do think he has the ability to do that. All the guys out there, and for all the women that listen to this, like those guys, they have the ability to do that. I just need you to be the coach to help them get there. That's it. Mm -hmm. You have the ability. That guy will tear this world to pieces for you for the most part. And he has the ability to. But you're out there and you're searching for that king and you're willing to end uh, this this household, this home. Yeah, I don't know that the female knows she's searching for that king. Or it could even be that greater hole within herself and thinking it she is searching for that king. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, what's a king? A guy that can protect his kingdom. And what's a kingdom? A kingdom is his legacy. And what's his legacy? His children. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. If a guy is a good dad, and if he's a good father to the kid, to those kids of your offspring, is that not a king? Yeah. If a guy has the ability to be a great dad, is he not king? In my opinion, yeah. In my opinion as well. Mm -hmm. If he's willing to do that for those kids... He's willing to, he's willing to, especially for the, for the woman that like gave those kids. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. But I do think the world builds it, world, Western society, mm -hmm. builds it to where sex sells, mm -hmm. Disney sells, let's sell like this, uh, this guy that is probably, for the most part, there's 1%, 0.1% of the guys that are out there. That can fulfill that role to be that king material. Um, so you go off and you look for it. 70 to 80% of divorces or the end of relationships are initiated by the female. 90% if she is educated so she can stand on her own two feet to go out and hunt for this guy. So now she's a hunter. The... <laughs> Western culture has set this up to the point where we create broken homes. Mm -hmm. So the children are broken. Mm -hmm. And if the children are broken, they can just fall into be robots to just continue this cycle that we're in. The same cycle you're in, the same cycle that I'm in, that a lot of my, my brothers, great dudes, great mm -hmm. dads that they're in. And yeah. now their kids are going to fall in the same cesspool. We're just going to keep on churning out the same thing. Mm -hmm. So they create more kids. And essentially it's just, it's more tax dollars and the system can just keep running. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Because it's, it's something that we started out with earlier in their conversation. It was one of the first points. Sex sells so well that all of us think everything is about sex. Right. All of it's about sex. Everything is about sex. The guy is driven so hard into sex that when he doesn't feel like he's getting enough sex, that he goes and he reaches out into porn. And when he goes out and he reaches out into porn, he's no longer paying attention to his significant other. And when that happens, she starts to grow cold children because she's not getting noticed. She can't be seen anymore. Mm -hmm. When she's not being seen anymore, the pussy goes on the shelf. And when the pussy goes on the shelf, he goes deeper into porn. And when porn doesn't solidify it anymore, what does he do? He goes out and he searches it for somewhere else mm -hmm. through a physical sense. Yeah, I think that's where the... Like the emotional breakdown happens or the, you know, it's not that she's trying to go find a better man per se. It's that culture and society gets in the way and distorts things on both ends. And now that his mission is gone from her, mm -hmm. he goes and hunts it down somewhere else and she gets lost because she doesn't have the trust anymore because mm -hmm. he's not working on that trust. And the next thing you know, it breaks. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And, and in the whole time, sex was the easiest thing you can do. Mm -hmm. You have enough uh, trust, you can have the sex. And after the sex, once the sex is established, you can have those deeper conversations. And if you have those deeper conversations, then you really start thinking about bigger picture things. Because mm -hmm. once you know that, and that's when it comes back to like the king and the queen on the love, the love sofa. You know, you're ruling from the same space. Mm-hmm. 
that sex isn't even like I'm not even thinking about sex because I can get this whenever I want yeah. because there's respect and there's trust here. Mm-hmm. And once you're getting it, whenever you want it, like anytime, anytime I get an erection, I'm just gonna throw it in there. Anytime she's hungry, she's gonna want to get fed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And once that like that's established, the deeper conversation you start talking about real things. Mm-hmm. You're no longer thinking about sex. You're no longer like thinking about feeding that animal in the cage. You're thinking about like training the world around you yeah i mean it's the same with money when you have enough money you don't have to think about basic survival correct (laughs) because you can think bigger bigger, spend your time being artistic evolving your mind boom it's that same kind of correlation um that's an hour in that's that's prolific that's awesome (laughs) because when you do have enough of it yeah of anything right yeah you have enough of like Okay, let's keep going with this. If there's enough stuff in your kitchen, all the ingredients in the world, you don't have to go out there and procure it anymore. You can just create the best dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, yeah. Huh. But for some reason, I do believe that the world is built around us right now in Western society to keep us from having all those things. Yeah, it's so very scarcity-based. Yes, even like it's abundant as sex is it's yes. still scarcity based yeah. and it's not necessarily about like sex we think it's about sex but it's really just about connection mm-hmm. but as soon as you go from that that step of sex to connection mm-hmm. then it's like then you're starting like you're starting to get up there yeah and we can't have that right mm-hmm. you think about the like the dating apps how many dating apps actually like end in I don't know I don't know the numbers to it but, I mean, I've seen it. Like, I've seen it in my time. Mm-hmm. I've never been on one. But I've seen people, like, in that situation, and it never ends well. And you just end up hungrier and hungrier and hungrier to the point I would assume that you just do whatever the hell you need to do. Yeah, for most people. My best friend met her husband on Tinder, and they're married, and it's great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Anomaly. But, yeah. Yeah. I've got a good friend as well who's really good with technology and it's the same thing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. So, but from like all the stories that I've heard, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's scarcity based. It's like crazy, right? Even like, oh, good men don't exist. That's scarcity based thinking. Mm-hmm. Good women don't exist. Yep. Scarcity based. It's like focus on yourself. Trust yourself first get whole first so that you can meet someone in that same energy so that you can thrive and not have to you gotta get in that mindset too yeah Mm -hmm. because what you think is what you attract yep beliefs i had to go through a huge process of changing my beliefs understanding your values Mm -hmm. yeah yeah changing beliefs understanding values that's that's a very big step that I think a lot of people miss. It's one thing that uh, we put in the program. Mm. Understanding mm-hmm. your values. Yeah. And especially for the male. Like, once you understand your values, you understand your mission. Mm-hmm. Once you understand your mission, it's game over. Especially for, like, for me and for Cobra, you know, like, this, the single male mind. You understand your mission. Nothing can shake you. Nothing. Nothing that's can awesome. shake you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Kings. Yeah. To attract queens to take this place back over. 
Yes. Yes. Sell love seats. Love seats. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, everybody. I appreciate all of your time. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you, Dr. J. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I look forward to talking to everybody soon. This will be posted and we'll let everybody know.